Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along today. So the um, the body of the Catholic Church, the Pope himself, has looked into changing the teachings of the death penalty. This is a big news. Even if you are not a religious person and uh, you follow along just the news cycle, the Pope has made a, a bit of a, um, a theological or at least a what teaching splash. It's theological. Uh, well, it? it's also cultural. I mean, yeah. because the death penalty affects people who don't believe yeah. anything at all. But uh, the Vatican announced today that the Pope had approved revised language for the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is the official compendium of doctrine. To state for the that, Catholic Church. Right. To state that the death penalty, quote, is an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person and that the church is working with determination for its abolition worldwide. Um, the change is the culmination of growing opposition to the death penalty by the last several popes, but also reflects the priorities of Pope Francis himself. Um, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal article today by Francis Rocca. Um, okay, so I went back and looked into this a little uh, this afternoon and just kind of seeing what Catholics around um, around the world are saying about this. Um, and since I'm not Catholic, I'm speaking as an outsider, and so I hope that you'll forgive any uh, errors I make in um, theology and how – no, just in how Catholic catechism works. Mm-hmm. Um I recognize, I, 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 I shouldn't say I recognize, I think, I believe that when the Pope speaks, um, he speaks in uh, matters of clarification so that he can clarify what the teaching of the church has always been instead of a reversal, even though this seems like a reversal. Um, a reversal I, in what way? Re- well, because the church has always supported capital punishment up yeah. until today. <laughs> so, um, so I went back, um, I read... A statement, uh, Avery Cardinal Dulles, who's an eminent theologian apparently, he wrote an essay about the church and the death penalty back in 2001. And um, I I read this on Rod Dreher's uh, uh, Twitter site today. Uh, He shows how the church from its patristic period until the 20th century maintained consistently that capital punishment was permissible under certain conditions. Um, the official position of the Catholic Church was that the death penalty should only be used in extreme situations. Um, here's an actual excerpt. The doctrine remains what it has been, that the state in principle has the right to impose the death penalty on persons convicted of very serious crimes, but the classical tradition held the state should not exercise this right when the evil effects 
outweigh the good effects. Thus, the principle still leaves open the question of whether and when the death penalty ought to be applied. The Pope and the bishops, using their prudential judgment, have concluded that in contemporary society, at least in countries like our own, the death penalty ought not to be invoked because on balance it does more harm than good. So that was the position up until today, is that any state can impose it as long as – and the church can support it, even sanction it – if and only if the state can prove – and of course this is a judgment call – that uh, the uh, death penalty does more good than harm. If they cannot do that, then the church would disagree with that stance. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, the Pope says no. The Pope says, in fact, let me get into another piece of paper here. Um, a speech by Pope Francis last October called the death penalty, quote, contrary to the gospel. And said that the church's previous sanction and use of this extreme and inhumane remedy that ignored the primacy of mercy over justice was, quote, dictated by a mentality more legalistic than Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, uh, as I read this and as with everything I've seen today, it does seem that the Pope is saying that the church has always been wrong about capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Um, I'm not pro-death penalty. I'm not pro-capital punishment. Now, I understand, you know, heinous, heinous, heinous crimes have committed and people would like to see that um, that sentence carried out. It's not affected my family. So I can speak from a, just a position of morality where I believe mm-hmm. if you call yourself pro-life, then you must be pro-life all the way through. So I support pro-life policies. I have a pro-life point of view. So I can't be for the death penalty. And again, my life has not been touched by deep tragedy, as many people have, who would call for the death penalty. Even, I guess even in theory, right? not I guess, it's the truth, that even in theory, your life not touched by tragedy, you could still obviously be pro-life or pro-death penalty. Well, here's the thing, though. The person that took the life was not pro-life. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you because I think I do agree with you, but I think it's a super complex issue because the reason – But that- one, one doesn't equal the other. I mean, the person who took the life, of course, is not – Coming at it from a pro-life position. Well, clearly not. Exactly. The life is gone. But that's where the idea of capital punishment comes from. So Genesis 9-6 says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Right. Because there's a reason for that. Because God made man in his own image. So humankind is so important because of the mark of God that it bears, that if someone chooses to take that away, then his penalty is death. Yes. Okay, so that's where it comes from. Uh, Romans thirteen four says the state does not bear the sword in vain, but it is the servant of God, ready, to execute his wrath on the wrongdoer. Yes. Now, look, you know, we live in a society that is antiseptic. We do not see babies born for the most part. That's a good point. We do not see people die for right. the most part. We never, right, never see an execution. Right, where there used to be public executions. I believe if you were witness to or part of an execution, that would affect you deeply and perhaps would change your mind if you, in fact, were a pro-death penalty. Right. Uh, The only thing that is (coughs) persuasive, excuse me, the only thing that's persuasive to me, well, first of all, those two scripture passages are persuasive of because of what they say. Um, my, my problem – yeah, and my problem is not with the the mandate from God. My problem is with our inability to carry that out 
in America in a way that is truly just. I mean, how many times have we seen in the last five years people who were in prison on death row who were exonerated by DNA evidence? I just I'm I'm just concerned that we're going to kill the wrong person. I got to be honest. I am. Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to kill the wrong person. However, hearing families of victims talk about the issue, you cannot argue with the fact that the state choosing to execute a person does place a high value on their family member's life that was taken. Yes. Because their family their family member's life is so valuable that the state must do this horrible thing because that life was taken. Right. So the Pope essentially changing yeah, it Catholic sounds like law. It. it sounds like he today he is, changed it. Is it in some way is it not in some way, is it unbiblical? Because he's going against biblical teaching. I think greater theological minds than mine will have to weigh in on that. I mean, he is saying, I'm essentially he's he's essentially saying that I th- I believe from what I've read today he's essentially saying that the church has always been wrong in its allowance of capital punishment. So then he is saying, in some ways, is Scripture wrong? Well. I can't speak for the Pope, nor do I want to, but I would guess he might say something similar to me, which is that not that the scriptural teaching is wrong, but his confidence in a worldly court carrying it out is, you know, not high. All right. Which is why up to this point, I believe the church's teaching is what it was, which said, look, we think that it shouldn't be done, but there are extreme cases, and so we trust the civil courts, or the criminal the courts, to find their own wisdom in that. But just know that we as a church are weighing in, saying we think that the vast majority of time it's wrong. Right. But he essentially, with this with this notation today, is changing church law, yeah. which does run contrary, to be, to be clear, it runs contrary to the teachings in Genesis. Well, but keep. <laughs> I'm not trying yeah, to stir the pot right. here. I'm, you, it's just the, the two things are in opposition to each other. I mean, I get it, and I am not a pro death penalty person. I'm not. I, this doesn't. I, I'm fine with this. I am. Uh, but that's that's on me. That's not on the Catholic Church. It's just how I look at things. I believe you should be pro life. Cradle to the grave. So I cannot, in good conscience, take a life, nor can I support us doing so. Now, you take that to the extreme, then, you know, I'm against war. I'm against, but but I love my country, and I want to defend my country, and I want my country to be free. So I do love... So you wouldn't call yourself a pacifist? No, but I love and honor the men who have given, men and women who have given their lives for us in defense. So I do get that. But pressed into service... Do I take a conscientious objector position? Would you not to be? I, I was never drafted. I never even I'm a, of that of that era. Never even had to sign up for the draft, so I was never faced with that position. But I have friends who did take that position and served as janitors. So it goes back to church teaching versus scripture. Well, but it doesn't. Yes, okay. So the, there are elements of church teaching. There are elements of of scripture, uh, interpretation of scripture, and there's also a level of confidence in the criminal authorities that you have over you. I mean, that's. I, a, I can't. I, 
Uh, that's where that's where my problem is. My you, problem is that when I see people who've been on death row, whose convictions right. have been overturned because of DNA evidence, right. I think, okay, so if we would have executed that person already, then we would have killed the wrong person. Yeah, I get that. We would have killed the wrong person. So that's but I don't why, think the Pope is that, saying that. No, the Pope is not saying that, but that's what I'm saying. I see. All right. Well, we need to take a break. We're going to step away. Uh, speaking about the Pope yeah, and but, Catholicism, uh, during our 5 o'clock hour, we are going to turn our gaze, unfortunately, to the debacle that is once again uh, continuing, I should say, uh, enveloping the Catholic Church with the release here in just a few days of a grand jury report and, of course, on an international stage, in an American international stage, uh, a cardinal who has been now separated from the Catholic Church because of his uh, sexual uh, predication on young boys. And what does that look like as the Catholic Church again in a meltdown or just a continuation thereof? We're going to talk to a, a Catholic ethicist, ethicist about that. Ben Weicker will in join us. In the 5 us. o'clock hour. Right. So we hope you'll stay with us for that. Okay. Well, All right. Coming up next, we're going to get a few laughs because we need them. Change gears here. How to be a perfect Christian by the Babylon Bee. We'll talk next to Kyle Mann, the head writer of the Babylon Bee. WORD. Jesus gave us a model for prayer in the 17th chapter of John. This week from Chuck Swindoll. When we come to the place of danger or threat or the uncertainty of the future, our greatest resource is time spent on our knees. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll's study in the Gospel of John continues on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. On the streets of Miami, speed is the law. So when a corn dog goes after the wrong girl, oh, heartburn. one man will bring her Tums Ultra Strength. I'm on my way. Don't get wrecked by heartburn. Nothing works faster than Tums. Your mustard's fast, but my Tums are faster. And with Tums on the go rules, it's never been easier to leave heartburn behind. You did it. Yeah. You gonna finish that corn dog? Tums Ultra Strength, available in a store near you. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called 
to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Call to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. It's hard to look yourself in the mirror sometimes. You see yourself and you go, oh my goodness, you again. I see all your faults, all your ridiculousness, all your craziness. And such is the case when you read the Babylon Bee, which we love. I mean, it is crazy, weird, funny. Well, we love it and we hate it. Oh, we do. Yeah. It hurts. Well, Kyle Mann is with us. Kyle is the uh, head writer of the Babylon Bee, and uh, he's got a brand new book out called How to Be a Perfect Christian, Your Comprehensive Guide to Flawless Spiritual Living. Kyle, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Kyle, what has made you like this? Please tell us. (laughs) Why am I the way I am? Yes, Yes, exactly. We want to know the whole story. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's just the way God made me. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I can't help it. I was born this way, and, uh, and nothing, you, nothing you say is going to change that. So. Okay, okay, but like the Grand Canyon, which was formed by, I don't know, what do they say, Millennium. like a hundred million years of the Colorado River running through it. I mean, you have been formed in a twisted way mm-hmm. by a lot of time <laughs> in church. Yes, sir, you have. Are you a pastor's kid? Uh, no. Oh. That's nope. surprising me. I, I, I just I grew up in a big church with you know thousands of people, and kind of hopped around to various churches like uh, church plants and uh, smaller churches and bigger churches and different traditions. So you know if you kind of run the gamut with some of the denominations out there, you you know you get a lot of material and you see a lot of wacky things. Yeah, yeah. So what about that? Talk about that that process of of garnering material. Were you just like a prolific sort of note keeper throughout all those travels, all those different churches that you wrote these things down? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, I always have my own little inside jokes with uh, with people in the church, and and uh, then uh, you know, my friend Adam Ford uh, founded the Babylon Bee a couple years ago. I started writing for him, and uh, you know, all, all that stuff just came flowing out. You know, from all the <laughs> all those years of being in the church, it was what it was pent up. It was like all of a sudden, like yeah. you had, you know, there, there was a space, and it was like old faithful. All that therapy, all that just was worthwhile, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so when did you come to the point where you could? You could laugh. You could remove yourself enough from, you know, inside Christianity that you could look at it and laugh at it with, like, poke fun at it with fun at it without being cruel or hateful. Yeah, you know, there was a there was a point at which I kind of was able to step back and separate myself a little from uh, kind of the, the sacred cows and the things that we put up on pedestals and. Uh, once I learned, you know, in my Christian walk to laugh at myself, um, you know, that, that was a huge step for me to being able to follow Jesus more closely and understand the gospel more clearly. Because, oh, yes. you know, if, if you if you take yourself seriously all the time, you start to trust yourself and think that you're, you know, you're good enough, you know, and it's like, no, that's not what the gospel is. And right, then you yeah, could actually so, write this book and mean it. Yeah. So for, yeah, exactly. So for Cal, for when you when you meet meet people who don't know what the Babylon Bee is, how do you succinctly describe this? 
<laughs> I really want to hear um, this. You, you know, <laughs> well, there's going to be people that aren't going to understand what, you know, what a satire site is, no matter how hard you try to explain. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I tell people, you know, that basically what we do at the Babylon Bee is we write, we write fake stories that still tell the truth. You know, <laughs> that's a fake good way to say have, it. Yeah. Have a point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how many times have you heard from a reader that this, they think this is a serious article you've written? This is an actual story. Oh, I mean, probably everything we post. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, so 100%. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ju- I mean, just about. You know, you, you always get somebody. And usually, you know, our, our followers and our readers, obviously they're following us so they get it. But the problem is that then they, they go and share it on their own right. Facebook pages or whatever, you know, and then it's always their friends or their grandma or whatever, you know, that oh doesn't my get gosh. it. Yeah, yeah. John and I really want to have you over for Christmas. Can oh we do that? Yeah, please. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So, so what's it like for you? Um, I, I, I've never been in a writer's room before, but I can imagine, you know, people sitting around and just tossing ideas back and forth. Can you describe what that's like? You know, the creative process when you guys all get together. Yeah, I mean, well, mostly we don't get together. Mostly it's all oh, online. Okay. Uh, collaboration for us. Um, you know, we have we. I've met a few of the a few of the other writers and, and thrown things back and forth, but for the most part, it's online. And you know, it, it is a really it is a really fun process, though. You know, it's somebody who throws out an idea. You know, I'll give you an example. We did an article on Dave Ramsey, you know, the uh, financial uh, Christian guy. Yes, sir. And uh, we did an article where he uh, he burst through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. Um, to stop a Christian from using his credit card. <laughs> and so that, you know, a lot of times you start like, oh, we need to do an article on this guy or, you know, we haven't covered this guy yet. But that one just started out like, um, you know, we really want somebody to, to burst through through the wall like a cool like the Kool-Aid man. And, you know, who should do that? <laughs> and so our writers are throwing out ideas. What about this guy? What about that guy? That's good. And eventually we settled on, you know, it's got to be Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Yeah, I good. bet there were other hilarious nominations. I'm sure there were. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean we 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 cover everybody from pastors to you know, you know uh, politicians and <laughs> yeah. all of that. Stuff. So so how does this work then? I, again, I, I need to go back to the creative process because, like you, you know, we know people. We kind of think that's a funny guy or that's a funny woman. So do you get submissions? Do you you know is it uh, is it by invitation only to join the group? How does that whole thing work? Yeah, we have a very secret, very selective group of writers yeah. that are, you know, all invite only. Um, but we do get reader submissions on occasion, and uh, you know, most of them are terrible. But once in a while, you get a, <laughs> once in a while, you get a gem. You know, and then yeah, obviously, people who are comedians and within that that whole realm of comedy sometimes we'll send us ideas. Yeah. Right. Okay, Kyle. So what about um, your family? Like, I mean, and I say this with all respect and affection. I've never met you, but I love this book so much. I like want to give it to all my friends and relations. Um, were there, was there a time when your parents didn't understand you? Like when you were a kid, did you, they were ashamed. right. Did you, did you display this twisted type of look at the world as a, as a young person? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, no, my you know my parents have always been very supportive mm. of uh, of writing of my writing and uh, you know any anything goofy that I did. I think my mom still has a giant uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic that I drew mm-hmm. when I was you know 
six or seven, <laughs> you know, and then you greet through it and it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, but she was, <laughs> but she was always really supportive of all the, all the crazy ideas that I had. Nice. So again, it's kind of like the revenge of the nerds, right? Because you had to be a nerd exactly. making fun of the church and now you're doing just fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, l- let's go there. What about the conversation creatively or otherwise when it turns to Christian radio? Because oh, that, good, good that's question. its own subset, yeah. is it not? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, pieces we've done on Christian radio, but uh, I think we got a few in there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't know. Give us a and little. They're email. all you know. They're all very, they're all very gentle. And oh, they're, they're yeah. not mean at all. No, I'm sure they're very kind, very respectful, <laughs> yeah. very holy is what they are. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we had a yeah, lot. We've had a lot of conversation, and so has everyone in the United States in the last two days, about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Mm. And so, as you know, as someone who's a comedian, I want to ask you how – I mean, I said when we brought you in that if satire doesn't hurt a little, it's not satire. So, But there's a fine line between that and going too far. So, of course, it seemed like, what, six, I would say a good, a solid 50% of America thought that What's-Her-Name went too far at the Correspondence Dinner. Yeah. But when you see What's that, or when you see comedians, well, I'm not even going to talk about her name. How do, you, how do you look at that? How do you decide, no, no, we shouldn't put that that's out. Too that, much. That's too much. If the joke, you know, the whole setup of the joke or the whatever the little narrative is in the joke, if the joke um, detracts from the message, then it's probably too far. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's her name at the dinner? You know, tells hor- you know, horrifying joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like is anybody talking about the point that she was trying to make? Like, no, everybody's talking about the how horrifying the joke was. Yeah, that's good. You know, so she didn't get her message across. Right. Um, so that's the same thing with us. If we do something that mm. is trying to make a good point, but it does it in a way that takes away from the message, then it's not a good, it's not a good article that's for good. us. And, and so on that same thread, has the Babylon Bee ever been sued or threatened with a lawsuit? <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> good answer. We'll, okay. you know, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, get some, we'll get some pushback mm-hmm. once in a while from, you know, someone that didn't like something or sure. yeah you know our personality maybe that, that doesn't like the way we satirize them but you know yeah. obviously the laws in the country being what they are exactly we're it's hard pretty to secure and that any parody we do is, is fine but. okay i gotta go back and we're talking to kyle man head writer of the babylon Bee, about the brand new book listen to me when i tell you it's listeners fabulous. you have got to get this book if it you will have a make, sense of humor if you have a sense of humor and you can laugh at yourself you will cry it is that great it's called how to be a perfect christian your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. which of course is the level to which John and I aspire. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so Kyle, I have to ask you this. You said at the very beginning of our conversation that the day you started being able to laugh at yourself is the day when this kind of talent for comedy and satire came out in you. Um, I think that's a, a point of maturity in just the average human is being able to laugh at yourself. So can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, in, in the church, do you see that as, as a defining line between people who are, you know, actually looking for a deeper life or able to see that, you know, the way that they look at the world isn't 100% correct? Or how do you see that? Well, I'm not going to be absolutist about it. I mean, God has given us all different senses of humor and different types of humor that we like so maybe some people aren't as comfortable with humor or satire in the church and for us i mean that's okay if you're not into satire and you're not into that then you know don't follow us because <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna be happy with our content but uh 
I, I do think it's important, you know, even if you're not someone who likes satire or likes our particular brand of comedy, it's important to step back sometimes and say, and, you know, examine yourself and say, well, what am I taking too seriously or what am I, what have, what have I made to be central to my Christian walk that maybe isn't mm-hmm. supposed to be central mm-hmm. to your Christian walk? Yeah. Um, so even if you, even if, you know, satire is just a tool that helps us to do that. So even if you don't like satire, I mean, find some way to do that. That's good. No, that's really good. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you've thought about this as well, but what about a career path? I mean, what do you do after this? Uh, would you be a pastor? Um, you know, I actually did some pastoring for a few years um, and, uh, and, did, and did worship leading uh, for a few years. So, so, so you wrote the worship, <laughs> I, I you wrote just, the worship leader I, chapter in the first person. Sure. It, it's all, that's it, all about me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I did on that. I just moved out of the area recently, so I ended up leaving that, but, um, but yeah, I have done all of that stuff in the past. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy writing and that's something that I want to continue to do. And, obviously continue to, to promote the Babylon Bee and, and work on that. Yeah, and, and I would think, you know, by natural extension, as far as, you know, media works, that, you know, there's the website, there's the book, so there has to be conversation about um, a series or a film. Is that is that carry through? We have talked about it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have any solid plans at this point, but we, we definitely talked about it. You know, we've been approached by people that have been interested and doing something, and if the book is successful, you know, maybe somebody wants to pick that up at some point. If this book isn't successful, I'll eat my hat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is absolutely <laughs> fabulous. The title is How to Be a Perfect Christian, Your Comprehensive Guide to Flawless Spiritual Living. We're talking to Kyle Mann. Okay, last question for you, Kyle. I want to know who makes you laugh. <laughs> oh, man, uh, it's a Christian radio station. No, right? no, 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 no. Listen, you have to, you have on, to tell Kyle. the truth. You must. We'll pray for you after you answer the question. <laughs> Very for me. Uh, you know, I uh, I really like dry humor, which is what the Babylon Bee does. Mm-hmm. Very dry, very subtle humor. And so uh, I, I love all of those mockumentaries. Oh, that, don't uh, that you? Like you and 90s. me both. You, uh, you mean Mighty Wind and uh, Spinal Tap? A Mighty Wind is a Mighty Wind is probably my favorite. Yeah. I like Best in Show, Spinal yeah. Tap, Got anything them. like that that just has that super tongue in cheek dry that you don't even. You know, some people wouldn't even get that it's a joke when oh they're watching gosh, it. I, so I love awesome. that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They catch yeah. your teeth on SCTV. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. It's the yeah. greatest. <laughs> Kyle, we've loved this. Listen, if you need people to, like, help you with this book in any way, shape, or no, form, no, I'll no. just stand out and shout on the street corner or about it. Or just insight into Christian radio. We're happy to provide that chapter as well for you, Kyle. We are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can Perfect. give you some great material. Yeah. Congratulations. It's really excellent it's stuff. We're big so fans. It's so good. It's really so are. good. <laughs> Kyle Mann. The Babylon Bee, How to Be a Perfect Christian, Your Comprehensive Guide to Flawless Spiritual Living. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. 
Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise and entrepreneur magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. How is it possible for a man lost in the darkness of sin and unbelief to be saved? He loves his darkness. He hates the light. The amazing power of God's grace is the only answer to that question. God sends Jesus Christ who through his death on the cross becomes the light that shines in the midst of the horrible unbelief of this world. That work of Christ is powerful to save. When Christ sends his spirit to work in the heart of a sinner, that man cannot resist him. The light of salvation cuts through the darkness and shines in a person's heart, opening the eyes that were darkened, giving that person a heart that understands and desires the things of the kingdom of heaven. He now lives in the light and thanks God for the free gift of salvation worked in him by Christ. For more information about our church, call 412-727-6778 or check out prcpittsburgh.org. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. You work all day, go home and make dinner. That's not fair. Because making dinner, that's their job. They don't work all day, then go home and do your job, so stop doing theirs. Head into Buffalo Wild Wings for wings and more. With 21 sauces and seasonings to take your dinner from mild to wild. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day. Right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment. Just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value. Yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be muggy with a stray shower, low 65 degrees. Tomorrow, remaining considerably cloudy and humid with a couple of showers around high 79. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and sticky, low 63. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine turning a bit warmer and staying humid, high 85. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. <laughs> giant eagle the other day and i don't eat a lot of ice cream but i like when you go into the ice cream aisle they say ice cream but then right below it they always say novelties mm-hmm. like your mm-hmm. what's it like you're playing with the like ice cream it's it's new fun things you're doing with ice cream here's a novelty mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. how about the um i like the novelty of the um rocket popsicle you mean the red, white, and blue one? Yeah. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. Those are great. It's I a rocket. Love, I and love it's a popsicle. That. I love that. No. And, and it's very delicious. Oh, it is. Very much enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. How about a nutty buddy? Uh, Which comes in different names. A nut, I call it a nutty buddy. Is that the thing that's shaped, like has an ice cream cone on the bottom, but right. it has the, and the stuff vanilla, on top? And then the fudge or yeah. chocolate and then the nuts. The ice on top cream of it. cone is rubbery. It can be. Always. A good one. No, it's not. always. No, I think it always is rubbery. No, that's not true. Okay. A nutty buddy. Mm hmm. Um, scooter crunch. Scooter crunch. Delicious. Chocolate and strawberry. 
No, no, I'm not doing that. Why? Um, I detest Neapolitan. Neapolitan is for fickle people. Okay, that Neapolitan is one of the great gifts. It's for people who can't make up their society. mind. No, do it's you want not. Vanilla, or do you want chocolate, or do you want strawberry? I don't know. Just put them all together. No, no, I don't think Neapolitan so. is for people who enjoy classic things. No, yeah, it is. That's Spumoni. No, no, Spumo. That's Spumoni. Spumoni is for people for indecisiveness. That, it's, Spumoni is for people that can actually eat dried cherries. What about the people that just like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry? Yeah, exactly. I think there are few and far between. That's not true. I love I'll Neapolitan. Love, I love all three. Come I love, on. I love Neapolitan. Neapolitan. I love it. That's but right. a Scooter Crunch is not Neapolitan. Do you know what a Scooter Crunch is? No. Well, then why are you saying you don't like it? <laughs> this is what I struggle with. I just don't like the name oh of it. Gosh. It's it's on a stick, mm-hmm. and it has a chocolate center, mm-hmm. and then it's surrounded by ice cream, and on the outside of the ice cream are the little crunchies. They're also called chocolate eclairs or something. What? Yeah. There's, but there's strawberry in there? And, no, 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 no. They're two different flavors. And then oh, there's a strawberry, strawberry or version. Vanilla. No, strawberry or chocolate. They both have. I, I do the chocolate uh, scooter crunch, not the vanilla. Well, not the I mean, I got to be honest, but two minutes ago you said you hated them. Well, <laughs> I'm back. How about a, uh, a dark chocolate dub bar? Oh, I'm sure that's delicious. Oh, wait, no, How bad could that oh, be? Oh, that's the scooter crunch. Oh, of course. I. That's not a name that I would go by. What, what do you call that? Um, <laughs> an eclair. Okay. See, that's interesting because just uh, I, I was with a group of people and we were talking about what you call that thing. Did that come up? You and it came up. And I call it a scooter crunch. Scooter crunch. Because that's what they were sold as. That's the name they were sold by when I was in high school, yeah. in, in our high school. Hmm. But no, that's other, good. That's but really other good. people said that one is called the strawberry shortcake <laughs> and then the chocolate one is called the eclair. But it's nothing like <laughs> an eclair, like an actual eclair. Anytime you try to manufacture a strawberry taste, I don't care how good it is, it, it pales. You cannot replicate true strawberry. It's always some chemical manifestation of some yeah, right. funkiness I mean, that you're selling to somebody. You don't. Uh, no. I mean, chocolate can kind of be the same thing. No, 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 no. no it I mean, there's can be. There's, varieties there's a of lot, chocolate. Yeah, like fake chocolate and real chocolate. Well, I'm not going to defend chocolate here. I'm just saying, you know, strawberry is a whole other matter. Today's National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Which, who does not? In the history of the universe. It's a great idea. Love an ice cream It is a sandwich. great idea. I salute you to the bottom of my soul. Uh, this classic treat was created in 1899 yes. by an unknown pushcart peddler in New York City. Mm-hmm. Did he profit from his genius? Uh, it doesn't say. Since he's unknown, I bet he didn't. Probably not. Probably not. Listen, the best ice cream sandwich ever hmm? used to be at Kennywood Park. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. There was a time for many, many years that as I would exit, as you would exit, the last thing, you know, they're shutting down Kennywood for the night. And there was, I think there's a hamburger joint there now. It was like this little round. The round thing where the roundup used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd go there and at the window, they made fresh, hot waffles. And then they would put a chunk of vanilla frozen ice cream, thick in a square, and then put another fresh hot waffle on top of that. That was living. First of all, I bet that was delicious. It was super delicious. But second of all, it's not an ice cream sandwich. That's an ice cream sandwich? No. It's two. Yes, it is. It's a 
Of course. How can you not? Because an ice cream sandwich is the chocolate wafer. No, That's no. what it is. I mean, Mike, am perhaps I wrong about that? It's per- the actual wafer. No, no. Perhaps in a narrow vein, it may be not. I mean, when you say, do you want an it's ice cream sandwich? sandwich. Does some, are you, it, like, if you come out with two waffles, people are going to be like, what? If you're a Kennywood and you and you bite into two warm waffles. Listen, I'm not, what, I'm not that, saying it's not delicious. I'm saying it's not called an ice cream sandwich. That's the standard of all ice cream no, sandwiches. It's not it's an ice cream is. sandwich. Now, okay, if we're talking about ice cream sandwich-like things, do you know what is the absolute pinnacle? What? This is not even the, the, the two chocolate chip cookies what? with the ice cream inside. They're no, round. No, no. Does that have a name? Do you know what I mean? They're there. It's an it's a chocolate chip cookie on top and bottom. It's mm-hmm. round. They're mm-hmm. round, and then the the ice cream is round. What's that called? Overkill. Oh, that's so good. That is so unthinkably mm-mm, delicious. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't think so. I love that's that. That's way too much. I love that's that. Mike, way too would much. you be kind enough to look that up and see what that is, Mike? Oh, no, he's too busy talking to somebody What's else. It called? Oh, it's, exactly. Let me bring you back to your business. Cream. Listen. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm making an arrangement of getting an ice cream sandwich with David here. You are Oh, not. that's – you're so wrong. No, it's a chocolate chip cookie, Mike, on the top and bottom. David. And, and a chocolate chip cookie on the top and bottom and the ice cream's inside. Can you look at – see what that's called? Do you know what that's called? Nobody knows what the that's called. chocolate chip cookie. He's not associated with the show. Okay, you are. We're talking to David, our graphic designer, about yeah. what who, classifies who we love. We love taste David. treat for crying out loud. Anyway, happy uh, National Ice Cream Sandwich. It's called. <laughs> What's it called? A chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. Right? That's its name? Yeah. That's lame. Not good. The homemade, needs to have a better name than that for crying out loud. Chipwitch. 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 Yeah. Okay. Chipwitch. Chip That's awesome. Yes. That's delicious. Wait. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, celebrity birthdays? Yeah. Celebrity birthdays. Have to say happy birthday to Tony Bennett. Wait. Here's this. Oh, everybody loves somebody sometime. Is that what it is? No. Oh, the oh. good life. That's a good one. Full of fun seems to be the ideal. Mmm, the good life lets you hide all the sadness you feel. What year was that, Mike? You don't That's have probably mid sixties. That's gorgeous. 60, 67, 68. Today, Tony Bennett is ninety-two years old. Holy Happy birthday smokes. to Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, mostly great. famous for what song? What song? If you think of Tony Bennett, Mike, if you think of Tony Bennett, of course, Mike has no idea who Tony Bennett even is. Yes, I do. I know who Tony Bennett he, is. Why? Because he sang with Lady Gaga. No. Uh, What's the song, Mike? Play it right now. Here it is. This I is the I song. I was going to say, I'm not sure what his I'm not a huge Tony Bennett fan. Jump in there, Mike. Would well, you first please? off, he made The Good Life in 1964. Okay, okay thank, thank you. you. Okay. And okay. this song, please. This is Tony Bennett. We're still back. We're still back with the chip witch. I left my heart in San Francisco. That's Tony Bennett. I believe that. In our house, growing up, Frank was number one. Tony Bennett was number two. Lady Gaga, number three? Lady Gaga. <laughs> what, with the meat dress? <laughs> yeah. The meat dress. You take her out for a barbecue. I mean, that was a decade yeah. ago with the meat dress. Well, I'm not whatever. saying that was okay, but I'm saying that it was... Those sins die hard, no, is what I say. Do. That's all. Okay, we're taking a break? All right, happy birthday to Tony. Happy 92. That's right. Still kicking it. That's right. When we come back, I want to ask you, John, will the smartphone ever replace your wallet? What? 
It already has. Really? I, I've got a phone that's a wallet. You don't even carry your wallet? No. Oh, my For gosh. years. All right, we're talking about it next. I had no idea. Today's right. Above the blue and windy sea when I come home to you, San Francisco. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Hi, Tom Bodette here. Apparently it's super cool to do this voice when you're trying to be real serious. It's called vocal fry. Yeah. So I just want to stress how at Motel 6 you can get a great room for a great low pride. <coughs> how do they keep this up? I feel like I have mono. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6 and we'll leave the lozenge on for you. Light, I meant light. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free. No membership needed. With an indoor turf field, gymnasium, kids' play area, meeting rooms, and great food at our cafe, we have something for everyone. Give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet. This is our gift to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at impactthelanding.com. Do you feel called to help other people? Grow your career as a licensed professional counselor at Waynesburg University. Waynesburg University is a leader in counselor education with accredited master's and Ph.D. programs. To learn more and grow your career, visit waynesburg.edu. Okay, so we've covered... um Tony Bennett and ice cream sandwiches sandwiches. and the Babylon Bee. So my question remains for you, John, Uh, like when you were little uh, growing up with all of your multitudinous siblings, Mm -hmm. was there something special about your mom's or your dad's wallet? Oh, my gosh. Both. Really? It was a house of grown up machinations that I could ne'er understand. It was, it was beyond my my level. That was the height of orderly maturity in my mind. Is that right? The wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course my dad always had something kind of weird in there. You know, you kind of go, "What's this?" And I never really got close to my dad's wallet often. Oh, because it was too personal. Oh yeah, kid me. You know, it'd be like on the nightstand or something like that. I mean, it, you know, but you see him pull it out and you go. Oh, mystery of mysteries. What is inside? 
<laughs> that lovely and verboten hole that I will never fully embrace. My mother's wallet, of course, I could live inside there, and I'd see their, you know, the coupons from Kroger's or something. Did like that. she have like the lo- rectangular wallet mm-hmm. with, with the, the little plastic right, thing? Right, with the little thing. Right. My photo was in there. Was it? We'd revisit your that once sc- in a while. Your little school photo. Oh yeah. Right. But then after a couple of years, you'd find out like you'd be in tenth grade, and she'd still have your third grade photo in there, and you'd be like, "Mom, <laughs> no, nah, I didn't care. There were so many photos in there." It's like the history of the United States. There's an article in uh, the Wall Street Journal by Matthew Kitchen that says that we are in the last days of wallets. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Let me show you. I'm holding up my phone. You see my phone? Yes. As I show you the back of my phone, I pull down the little sleeve. Oh, my gosh. And like, oh. And there in the back is my debit card. Yeah. My one, and I'm so proud to say this, my one and only credit card. Credit card. My, which I just divorced from, the Movie Pass company, which has now gone bankrupt. Yes, and there's my wallet. Oh, you there's mean- my there's my uh, license. I mean, and here is my uh, health insurance card. Holy smokes! What? And I just look at that. It just rolls right up. I never even know it, and it's always with so. Me. You have no wallet anymore. No, no. Mike, do you have a wallet? I have a money clip. <laughs> That's just for cash. No. Well, what about your license? You know, I have my license and in the money clip. I have a, my license and your really? credit card. Credit like card all that's in a money clip. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. you have no wallet, no leather wallet. No. I used I used to love carrying a wallet. Um, it I, I used to I used to have a black leather wallet mm-hmm. keep in my back pocket. Yeah. But it just gets too thick. I like having a money clip because it makes me have less things in my pocket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. I mean, okay. All right. Don't so. So my, Matthew Kitchen, who wrote this article in the uh, in the journal, says that his father continues to buy more and more wallets because he's always searching for the one that's the best fit for his pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. So as a result, his father keeps giving all the hand-me-downs that he's decided don't fit in his pocket to his son, Okay, see, who, yeah. who's writing the article. Yeah. So he said that he keeps getting these wallets, and they're very, very nice. Like They always feel good. They smell good. They mm-hmm. have the, weather, the, the, the leather, the whole thing like this. He said, but the bottom line is when it comes to carrying stuff around, it's just too, too much. much. And he said, I feel like every, pretty much everything I need is on his iPhone. Yeah, that's exactly it. So when I go to, like, to the grocery store, where, like like you go to, last night we were at PNC Park. Mm-hmm. You pull out your wallet. I mean, you pull out your phone. There's, I'm using my debit card 95% of the time. I rarely am using cash. Have you, have you ever used Apple Pay? Never. Oh, yeah. I use Apple no, Pay. No, see, that wigs me out. That's no, no, it's fine. Why? Yeah, I don't want Apple Pay. Well, fine. That's, business. that's your business. But I, I've used it. <laughs> Well, I was dismissive. No, no, no that's your critical. business. I'm not critical. Am I being mean? I don't think I'm being mean. That's not critical. That's your business. <laughs> critical over Scooter Crunch. That's right. After it's a, the it's a rough day being across the table from John Hall. What the heck? Consider- I'm just offering my opinion. It's the John Hall and Kathy Emmons show. So we we do offer I'm glad he included me oh, in that. I don't know, I'll, I'll shut my mic off. Consider then. that in... Oh, two- oh. Like you're invited... Oh. <laughs> 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 Consider in 2018, did you know that several states are rolling out studies and pilot programs that are shifting residents' Driver's licenses to Department of Transportation apps. Iowa will be the first one next year. So you won't even need a driver's license ostensibly in the next couple of years. It's a great idea. Okay. You don't need to have your, your photos in that crappy little plastic thing that gets sticky. Yeah. Remember the thing that used to be in wallets? We don't have to do that anymore. But here's the thing. I've saved like my old wallets. And they're like, in, they're like in my sock drawer. And those old photos and, you know. Are still in there. Yeah. They're little time capsules. Right. 
it, the article goes on to talk about the things you would miss if you didn't have a wallet. If mm-hmm. you finally gave up your wallet, what are those things you'd miss? We need to take a break. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you what you might be sad to leave behind. Sciatica. <laughs> If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house, and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Holly, and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. I, I don't mean to be snarky. I'm just saying. I mean, since you've already given up your wallet, it's I like don't. there's no reason for anyone else to have one. Okay, these are the things that you might miss no if you gave I... up your wallet. Uh, this woman told a story in here about Sorry. this crush she had on a guy when she was 18 years old and how he they were out together somewhere. She really liked him. He didn't really like her. But there was a, a $1 bill that they found on the ground. And she so he, he ripped it in half. And he said, you keep one half, I'll keep the other half. Oh, remember. Right. And she thought that meant that one day he would love her. But one, he never, never did. He never did love her. But that half of a dollar she has kept all this time in her wallet because it reminds her of being 18 years old mm-hmm. and feeling like there a- was luck in the world and she was it was going to land on her right, and everything right. like that. So in an iPhone, there's no, no place for the dollar. No. The half dollar. No, there might be There's like no place. a photo, but that will get quickly deleted or lost or transferred elsewhere and digitized down to nothing. 
This guy told a story about he, how being a guitar player, he's always kept a guitar pick oh, in his wallet. That makes good sense. Right? Even though he never used it, he always kept a guitar pick in his <laughs> yeah. wallet. And then one time he ran into... Steve Miller. Tom Petty. Oh, even better. And they were, I don't know, they were... Hey, man, about pick. Exactly. And he had one. And he was like, oh, see, what am I? I'm never going to be able to keep this That's in my, a great in my story. iPhone. That's a great story. Uh, another woman told a story about um, having a driver's license photo that she thought was really good of her. And so as she aged over 12, 16, 20 years, she'd look back and she'd say, well, you know what? Okay, that's what I looked like then. That's a really good picture of me. I'm going to keep that. She's like, the Department of Transportation in Iowa is never going to keep a photograph of no. me. You know that it's, Do you so, keep your licenses? I do. I have all my licenses. Me too. I have all my but licenses. All, it's a very weird little trip down memory lane. Here's the last one. Hmm. Oh, no. It's two more. They said, what about the um, the little cardboard cards where you're the frequent you know, you, oh, yeah, yeah. you go to Einstein's all the time you or you go to card. Starbucks all the time. Yeah. He said, you can, you know, there are, there are apps to do that. Uh, he said, but I really like my loyalty card, my little loyalty cards. Uh-huh. I don't carry those. Like a giant anymore. eagle advantage card. Right. It's on my key ring. The last, the last guy said that he remembers going out on his very first date. He was taking a girl out for dinner and his dad gave him his credit card. Whoa. And he said, you can use this, but you have to pay it back. Yeah. And he said, seeing that credit card in his wallet was like, I have ascended oh, to adulthood. Yeah. He said, so ever since then, he sees that card in there, and that means something. So he says, if I don't see it anywhere, does that mean I'm not an adult? Mm-hmm. Save the wallet. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Security officials say Russia poses a continuing threat to American elections. Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen says U.S. elections remain under threat. Our adversaries have shown they have the willingness and capability to interfere in our elections. FBI Director Christopher Wray says Russian interference hasn't been as intense as it was during the 2016 presidential election. We are not yet seeing the same kind of efforts to specifically target election infrastructure, uh, you know, voter registration databases in particular. What we are seeing are the malign influence operations, in effect, information warfare. John Bolton, National Security Advisor, wrote in a letter to Senate Democrats that President Trump has not and will not tolerate interference in America's system of representative government. On Wall Street, the Dow down by eight points, the Nasdaq rose 95. This is SRN News. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. 
because of either being a veteran, being married to a veteran, or being a child of a veteran. So long as the veteran meets the specific criteria, the benefit is tax-free money that they would receive each month. Accredited VA attorney, Michelle Conti. If a veteran served during a certain period of war or at least one day of active duty, they were honorably discharged and served during certain periods. If their out-of-pocket medical expenses are greater than their income, they may qualify for this aid and attendance pension benefit. This benefit is available in circumstances where your medical bills exceed your income and they will give you, based on who you are, up to $2,500 roughly tax-free money each month month to go toward this medical bill. If we do one little tweak, if we change one little thing over here, this benefit may become available for you. Find out if you qualify at ContiLawPGH.com. It's a struggle doing life alone, so why not join us at Impact Christian Church? Impact is a group of imperfect people seeking to let God love us and love others through us. Your kids will love our high-energy ministries geared to their needs. Our upbeat, positive services and practical teaching will encourage and help you, and you'll find true significance as you join us in striving to make a difference in the lives of others. For more information, visit us at Impact pittsburgh.com how do you friday whether you're trying to firm up slim down feel better or simply take a break smoothie king has the smoothie for you and with our five dollar fridays you can friday with a purpose 32 ounce smoothies are just five dollars and 32 ounce meal replacements are just six dollars all blends all flavors all friday so how do you friday friday like a king only at smoothie king smoothies with a purpose Participating locations, some restrictions may apply. Cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be muggy with a stray shower, low 65 degrees. Tomorrow, remaining considerably cloudy and humid with a couple of showers around high 79. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and sticky, low 63. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, turning a bit warmer and staying humid, I-85. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. So big news on the corporate earnings. I can't front. even get my head around this. Apple uh, today became the first U.S. company to surpass one trillion dollars in market value. One trillion dollars. What does that even mean? What, right. I heard somebody say that before we had a national debt, the only time the word trillion was used was when astronomers were talking to each other. Hmm. But there was no use for the word trillion in normal language. Right. Then our national debt reached a certain point and we had to start using it. And now we have to use it in relation to companies. Really? I mean, that is astounding. Really? So here's the weird thing. that uh, So Apple's worth a trillion dollars. It wasn't that long ago, what, two decades ago that Apple was on the brink of bankruptcy. Right. Right. right? Yeah, that was in uh, – 20 years ago, 21 years ago, somewhere like that. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That was right before uh, – Steve Jobs took over. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Or is that was that Before what you're thinking back of? Again. 
Um, I, I just, I, I mean, I don't have the, the dates. I, I just, I remember whenever, you know, Apple came out and they were a bright and shining star and then they hit hard times and it looked like, oh, Apple's going to go was out of the business. Late, that was the late 90s. Okay. That was the late 90s. Um, this article, uh, this is uh, Wall Street Journal by Trip Mickle, Amrith Rakumar. Um, it says that he was, uh, he helped revive the company from a death spiral in the late 90s. He was but, dismissed in mid 80s. But his successor, Tim Cook, has turned Apple into a cash-generating giant by pushing its existing products to prominence in China. Hmm. And this perhaps was the most interesting part of the article, is that along the way, Apple's led to a broader tech boom that has made a handful of giant companies central in people's daily lives and also in their investment portfolios. The five most valuable companies. You want to guess what they are? No. Please tell me. Apple. Yeah. Amazon. Mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. Microsoft. Facebook. Yeah. How about that? All tech. All recently hailed from yeah. tech and internet firms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those five collectively accounted for nearly 15% of the total value of the S&P 500 as of last month. 15%, five companies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's like back in the days of Andrew Carnegie and U.S. Right. Steel and you know Firestone, all that. And then the article went on to talk about how other tech companies have been lifted because of Apple just in how people are using Apple's products, in particular the iPhone. So that it said that um, Amazon has soared, as we know, in the last five years in particular. But a lot of that is because the Amazon app on the iPhone is such an easy place for people to buy things. And for someone that uses the Amazon app, it is so well done. I mean, the Amazon website is outstanding, but the Amazon app is super easy. I love it so much. It's just a really, really great app. It's funny but they said up. smartphones are driving a lot of mobile advertising business, also at Google sure. and at Facebook, and then a lot of the e-commerce that goes on. Not just, I mean, I just bought something on Overstock.com last night from an app. Um, I do a lot of shopping on apps that I would never have done five years ago. Right, because of your phone. Right, because of the phone. And because the phone, the iPhones are are better now than they were. They are uh, more, they're easier to use. They're more intuitive. Love it. And it's just the ease of finding what you want and buying it and not having to be at the mall for three hours. Exactly. I was looking at my uh, Amazon thing today. You don't know that you can get... uh, you can buy furniture on Amazon with free delivery. Come on. Yeah. I was okay. Like, I, was I would never, at- ever in a million, jillion years ever buy furniture on Amazon. I would. Never. Why? Never. Because furniture is like- Want to sit down and try it out. You have to sit on it. You have to feel it. You have to touch it. You have to see if it speaks to you. I'd try it. I'd be, be happy to try it. Uh, did you know that um, Apple first took the crown as the largest company in August of 2011 when it edged out ExxonMobil? What? Exxon. Wow. Uh-huh. Really? At that time, it was valued at $343 billion, and today it's at a trillion. That Holy was in 2011. Smokes. Wow. Holy smokes. Anyway, uh, other news. First trillion that I, dollar first company. First trillion dollar company. This is also interesting. Did you know that Brookstone has filed for bankruptcy? Uh, yeah. Brookstone, is this is like Sharper Edge, right? Sharper Image. Sharper Image. Sharper right. Edges. Right. I think it was, yeah. Sharper Edge is a bar here in town. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, Sharp Edge. Sharp edge. Is the is the is the uh over in Point uh and downtown. East Liberty. Oh yeah, they downtown. downtown yeah. But Sharper Image is the catalog. So what's the difference here? Brookstone? They they sort of tout these high end uh, well, toity toity. When I think of Brookstone, toys. I always think of being at the mall and getting a in junior massager. high and going to sit in a chair. Mm, yeah, exactly. You know, and it, you know, you right. had to see what their neck massage were and that everything that they sold was guaranteed for life. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I still have a pair of kitchen shears I bought there because really? they were. But the kitchen shears, I got to be honest. I mean, they're still working, but they're not working great. Oh, so you could have gotten them back. But now you, I can't go back. Yeah, no, you can't. Anyway, Brookstone, um, the specialty retailer known for selling massage chairs, travel gadgets, and other novelties, filed for bankruptcy. They're closing 102 stores. This is kind of funny. It says the shops were popular places to hang out when Americans spent more of their idle hours at the mall, mm. relaxing in Brookstone's massage chairs, <laughs> just like I was doing. <laughs> Apparently, I was not yeah. charting a new course and browsing its eclectic offerings. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. So it's the way the mall, right? It's just yeah, another so the, mall the catalog remained until earlier this year when Brookstone finally canceled that. Um, but it did outlast Sharper Image, which filed for bankruptcy back in 08, and Sky Mall. Remember Sky Mall? Oh, yeah. When you traveled, you looked yeah. at the Sky Mall magazine. Yeah, well, and but you went to the Sky Mall, remember? Oh, I, no. At, at the airport. Oh, of course. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I thought when that first came came out, we were like, oh, my gosh, that I'm is so excited. fabulous. You can go buy all your stuff at Sky Mall. Yeah. But then, of course, 9-11 yeah. happened and then that ruined mall it. Went away. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, like many of their peers, Brookstones have suffered as mall foot traffic declines and mm-hmm. customers shift to online shopping. So listen to this. Mall vacancies reached a six-year high recently. The average mall vacancy rate is... In 77 metropolitan areas, reached 8.6 percent in the second just, quarter. I'm surprised it's just that. 8.4. Really, I would think the mall vacancy would be like 30 percent. How often do you go to the mall? Uh, rarely, if ever. I can't tell you the last time. Well, we went to the mall once early this summer because because we were at a wedding and there was a, a lag time between the actual end of the wedding and the start of the reception. So you needed something to do. Exactly. So we went to the mall and hung out. Mike, how often do you go to the mall? I only go during, and this is ridiculous, but Christmas time. Uh-huh. Is that really? That's, that's the only time. How about taking it. your kid to play at the mall? You ever do that? Like, I've never done that yet. Oh, that's fun. Just, oh, started, my kids love we that. We did that all the time. I just go outside. That's smart. Now oh. I get that. Um, I go to the, the mall. Backyard. This is ironic. I go to the mall. So I, can, I go to the mall so I can go to the Apple store. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, yeah. And I have to be honest, I do have a few uh, stores I'm married to there. That I, at the mall. I have, like, if I'm going to shop for clothes, Would I that be Yankee I, Candle? No. Because, you know, they're still viable. Which I do. Is, how I, can they be viable and Brooks don't be gone? That True Roast is keeping a business. True Roast Candle smells amazing. Look, how about all those handbag luggage stores where you can spend, like, five grand on a purse? People hey, are um, going without wallets. Stick around. We have a very difficult conversation next. You ready for that? <laughs> you might not want to be. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chapel. God is promising to you and to me is the reality that we are not simply earthly beings with a heavenly future. We are heavenly beings in an earthly moment. Unlimited grace with Brian Chapel tomorrow afternoon at 1.30 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-936-5496. 
Books. That's 1-800-936-5496. Call 1-800-936-5496. You're growing as a Christian. This is just one more great tool. It just helps all of your thinking on putting the Bible together. Auditing classes at RPTS brings people closer to God and to each other. My wife and I have a really good relationship that we do everything together. By taking these classes, we're able to feed off of each other. It'll take you deeper in understanding God's Word. This really has helped me grow in uh, greater depth in my knowledge of Christ. And when you're at RPTS with Reformed Theology, they are showing you Jesus on every page of the Bible. And help you in your service to others for just $99 a course. I teach adult Sunday school, so this is another great tool to help me with my knowledge. It's helped me to have a better perspective and deeper understanding on my ladies' Bible study group. I know that we really enjoy, in addition to the classes, the students themselves. I like seeing my professor face-to-face. I like taking notes, and I am able to receive that at RPTS. Learn more at rpts.edu. RPTS. Study under pastors. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment just 45 minutes from pittsburgh a 250 dollars value yours for just 125 log on now to wordfm.com keyword shopping i don't know where you even start on a subject like this which is the catholic church and the sex abuse story that goes seemingly on and on and on there's like no end in sight it sort of comes in waves. Well, back in 2002, I believe that was the year that the Boston scandal broke. And um, that was the probably the beginning of the public conversation about it. But here's the problem. It had been going on for decades. Right. Decades and decades. And now, for two years, uh, survivors of sexual assault have told stories to the grand jury, which convened right here in downtown Pittsburgh, and has reviewed decades of cases of sexual abuse in the diocese of Pittsburgh, Greensburg, Erie, Harrisburg, Granton, and Allentown. That is local. Now, across the world, just recently, the first United States cardinal was forced to resign under sexual abuse not even allegations, truth. And and he was the former Archbishop of Washington, D.C. Uh, we also had la- last year the, the whole-scale resignation of bishops in Chile. There's a, there is one, a scandal being uh, investigated right now in Honduras. Right. And, and now we've talked about this just the other day. What's today? Thursday? Oh, we talked about this on Tuesday. We are not, although we are, we are singling out the Catholic Church in this conversation. But we talked the other day about the founder of Creation Fest. And, you know, he had stepped down. He was, an, he was a stalwart in the evangelical church. Sentenced to 18 years in jail. We had the Sovereign Grace scandal, which uh, stalwarts in the Reformed Church. Right. 
we had the Southern Baptist Convention, well publicized over the last six months. So all that to say, right? I mean, the church is just a mess with sex and sexual abuse, primarily of young children. Well, here to talk to us about this from a Catholic perspective is Dr. Benjamin Weicker. Dr. Weicker is a husband, a father of seven children, professor of political science and director of human life studies at Franciscan University. He's also a senior fellow at the Veritas Center for Ethics and Public Life, Franciscan University, and director of human life studies at Franciscan University. Ben, welcome back to the show. And thanks for having me. Ben, uh, the grand jury that I spoke of just a few moments ago has since compiled a, a massive report on those who allegedly abuse children as well as those who allegedly help to cover it up, including church and public officials. I'm reading from a Peter Smith article in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And all of us here in the church, not just in the Catholic Church, but all people who believe in Jesus, i got to be honest, in Pennsylvania, we are sick and we're holding our breath. Yes, well... Uh, yeah, we're we're sick and holding our breath in Ohio too. Uh, it's it's an awful thing, and the only good news that I can draw out of it, and it's not very good, but it is important, is that the more exposure, the better. Yeah, uh, the more the secular arm comes in and and ensures that there are real investigations and real punishments. The more that, and this is bluntly stated, the, the church is sued for uh, not taking care of it, uh, that will be apparently the only thing that brings about some real clarity in the, uh, in the hierarchy about why you can't let things slide. So, you know, it's awful to read about it. It, it does. It really, literally, I think it made both my wife and I sick today. Yeah. <laughs> Just literally sick to the stomach. Um, but you know that's that's the important thing now that no stone goes unturned, so that there will be a real fear of letting this kind of thing go on. And as you say, it's gone on for decades and decades and decades. This isn't something that just popped up, right? So th- this idea of, uh, to use your words, Ben, uh, let things slide. This has been sort of the response of the Catholic Church. For, like as you said, for, for decades, right? Where the left hand, whether it was incompetence or lack of compassion or just fear or shame or hubris or pride or whatnot, that the left hand maybe didn't know what the right hand was doing and they would elevate a priest from one place to another, and if they did know what they were doing, right. it was criminal in effect. Right. So we were talking about uh, about McCarrick today, who was the... Uh, Cardinal McCarrick. Right, who was yeah. the former archbishop in Washington, D.C. And the article we were reading before the show um, stated that the people, that the bishops that worked with him never knew of the settlements that the Catholic Church had made when he was working in New Jersey. How can that be? How can that be? Yeah, um... I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> to I, be honest, okay. Me too. I'm just, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Uh, I, I think that these things were well known, and uh, as as other articles, you know, looking at this from several angles will show, uh, McCarrick's uh, uh, behavior was was well known and signaled everywhere from the diocese he was in uh, to the to the United States Catholic bishops to the Vatican itself. Uh, he was known to be a problem, and he kept getting promoted. Oh, are you still there? Oh, yes, sir, we are. Yeah. Okay, sorry, a little beat there. Uh, and he kept getting promoted uh, despite that. So I wish I could say 
something nice like they didn't know what they were doing right, or right. you know uh gosh if 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 this had only come out they would have done something it appears to be the contrary it appears to be bordering a lot of times on complicity because there are entrenched uh homosexual advocates unfortunately within the uh, hierarchy and uh, especially in seminary systems uh and that allows for not just turning the other way while something is going on but actively promoting the promotion of people like McCarrick up the line. And, and Ben, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because um, we were going to end up here eventually, so here you bring it up. <laughs> Let's just dive into the sewer right away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. No, there's no point waiting right. for the pit of this. Yeah, don't sit on the edge of the pool, folks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but this is something, you know, that at least publicly is not talked about, especially, you know, on a, on a Christian radio station, that this entrenchment of homosexual activists who have found their way and embedded themselves deeply into the American Catholic Church is what has propagated the sexual abuse over these many decades where there's been a wink-wink, a nudge-nudge, a turning away, or essentially perhaps a trading back and forth of sexual proclivity and and made this this massive problem that the Church has allowed this to happen. Yeah, we have to look at it that clearly because otherwise it's, like oh my goodness, you know if we're, if I'd only known, and and that just can't be uh, because there's too much uh, evidence we now have that the behavior was known. I mean, for years there's been you know these complaints about uh, uh, what's been going on at the seminaries. Uh, my wife and I, when I first started teaching, I was at Marquette, so I was in the Marquette diocese uh, with Rembert Weekland, Archbishop Rembert Weekland. Well, he had pretty much gutted the seminaries and turned them into. I don't know what you want to call them, homosexual enclaves. And that meant that good men didn't want to go into the priesthood because it was unbearable. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, if they went in for, for a while, they, they, the pressure to conform to the homosexual atmosphere was so, so lurid and persistent that uh, they either gave in or they got out. And that meant only that you had more and you know, attracted more and more people like that into the priesthood and drove more and more good men out of it. Right. Now, Ben, by, by saying this, I'm sure there are some, some people who are listening right now who are outraged that we would point the finger at, at a, you know, a so-called homosexual Okay, all mafia. right, so let me break in and say, wh- why does homosexuality or heterosexuality enter into this simply because this is supposed to be a vow of celibacy we're talking about? Yes, and um, it isn't. It isn't just all homosexual matter, but it, it's it's something that both the press and many other people want to ignore uh, for a variety of reasons. I think both conservatives and and liberals. But when you look at the statistics, I'm looking now at the John Jay report, which came out after the original wave of scandals in the Catholic Church, and you look at the numbers. Uh, they they they're very telling. They tell you this of the people who were abused, um, those who were one to seven years old. You know, it's a horrible thing to think about, but that was the lowest abuse rate, and there were more uh, girls than boys abused. When you move into the 8 to 10, the 11 to 14, 15, 17 year range, then it's 85, over 85% of those abused were male. Well, that that's just inordinate in regard to the general population of abuse. It's clear 
that it's male on male connection. So you can't you can't say there's no connection between homosexuality right. and and the kind of abuse that went on uh, because it's glaringly evident uh, when most abuse occurs in the general population against against girls, not against males. Right. So, Ben, when, when this is talked about, and uh, you teach at a Catholic university, you obviously have uh, deep circles of connectivity within the Catholic life and faith. When this is talked about, is this primary thing, this focus of uh, a homosexual enclave that has established itself in a position of power within the Catholic Church, is this recognized and looked at as the primary problem of all this abuse? Well... It depends on who you talk with and when. Um, you know, it's been known for years and years and years, and it never gets seems to get cleaned up. Um, so, and part of that is um, we've had this enormous shift uh, sexually in the population over the last thirty to forty years, when the whole population, everyone's becoming more permissive in everything. Um, the homosexuality is being pushed everywhere. Uh, and that means, you know, that it has more of an effect on everybody in and out of the Catholic Church. Uh, so there's a whole lot of factors contributing to it. Um, uh, also in that is, is the real notions of wanting to be obedient to a bishop. So you have that kind of authority system in the Catholic Church, which when it works can work well, but if the, if the bishop is trying to hide something or he's trying to uh, uh, protect a, uh, you know, what amounts to a homosexual enclave like McCarrick had, well then, you know, obedience becomes extremely problematic. And so you have that aspect, you know, the, the use of, of the authority structure of the church to actually cover up sin rather than expose it. So there's so many different angles, uh, and sometimes conservatives don't want to question the authority structure because mm-hmm. or they don't want scandal to get out. Oh my gosh. You know, the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. Don't don't ruin the church. Well, you, that's not a church that can do anything. You know, and the le- the left doesn't want to report on it, and they they always tend to to talk about it as a pedophile a pedophile problem focused on both males and females equally. But that's not what the stats that's tell. That's not us. the case, right? That's not the case. So mm-hmm. they don't want to report on it either uh, for what it truly is. Uh, so so. That's why I say, well, here, you know, here is this the bright lining? I don't think it's right. very bright, but it's the kind. Outing McCarrick means outing somebody who not only preyed on, on as we understand, uh, boys as young as eleven, but also a whole bunch of men in seminary. Yes, and, and so it's it's not just a question of here's the one thing we all agree on: pedophilia is bad, so we can we can wail against that. It's no, we've got a problem of the distortion of sexuality, which is at all levels in the church, and and has to be looked at like that. It can't it can't be shunted off as a as a minor problem and scuttled away out of view. It's no longer a minor problem, is it? It's a tsunami. We need to take a, a quick break. Uh, Professor Ben Weicker is with us from Franciscan University. He's also also the author of eleven books, a writer and host of EWTN Saints versus Scoundrels telecast. We'll take a quick break. Our conversation continues in just a few minutes about the Catholic Church. 
My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to brain balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the brain balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit brainbalance.com. Graduation is an exciting time in life, but it can also leave you feeling a little uncertain about what's next. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app, and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at expresspros.com or call 412-494-2000. Interest rates are rising, central banks are tightening, and the easy money party is over. Winter is coming, which is why thousands of copies of the highly anticipated book, Gold is a Better Way, have already been sold, even before its official release on August 14th. In preparation for the coming economic crisis, Adam Barada, the author of Gold is a Better Way, is hosting a mega retirement webinar thousands will attend. During this live webinar, Adam will show you how to protect your retirement from the 10 biggest threats facing the market and the economy and how you can get the book and free access to the Gold is a Better Way platform right now. This once-in-a-lifetime webinar is on August 7th. Plus, Adam is giving away $10,000 worth of gold to lucky attendees. Text GOLD to 49776 to claim your free ticket now. Get the insider information that could save your retirement just by texting GOLD to 49776. Text the word GOLD to 49776. Standard text and messaging rates apply. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price at Laurelville Christmas. Retreat Center enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value, yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be muggy with a stray shower, low 65 degrees. Tomorrow, remaining considerably cloudy and humid with a couple of showers around high 79. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and sticky, low 63. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, turning a bit warmer and staying humid, I-85. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We're talking about the Catholic Church sex scandal, gay clergy. Ben Weicker joins us from Franciscan University. Ben is the author of Saints and Scoundrels, among other many works. Ben, in our previous segment, um, 
we talked about the fact that there is clearly a homosexual problem in Catholic clergy. And it doesn't mean that the three of us hate gay people by saying that. But you cannot argue with uh, data that shows that 85% of people who are abused by Catholic priests are boys. Um, so here's my question for you. And I'm saying this as someone who's not a Catholic. And so I'm looking at this from the outside. If, if, if we're saying there's a homosexual problem in the priesthood, the priesthood is supposed to be a non-sexual enclave. It's, a, it's, a, it's an enclave of celibacy. So if you want to be a gay man, then you can be a gay man in America. I don't understand why there are so many gay men who are priests. I don't get it. it, it if, if celibacy is one of the vows you take, why are we having this problem with gay priests? Yeah, it's a little difficult to understand, but if you sort of you kind of think it through and, and and then get some historical information, you you see how it might have happened. And one of the things was a loosening up of um, you know of worries about whether somebody had um, at, at times in their life expressed homosexual uh, attraction, and and then the belief came to be well, if even if they've done that, you know they can be celibate too. Uh, because, you know, heterosexual priests have, you know, heterosexual attraction is something they have to sure. deal with right. and they have to be celibate. So the thought was, okay, well, you can treat them as equals. Um, and so there were a fair number coming in. It's, it was also a way, you know, frankly, for somebody who, who had these desires to, to, to find a respectable position in society and, and probably going into it thinking, you know, I am I am going to fulfill my priestly duties. Hmm. I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going, and this is a way for me to to serve God. And many, I'm sure, did. But when you when you create an atmosphere in these seminaries, which is is not related to any kind of celibacy at all, um, but it seems to be a kind of a sexual free for all, which pushes uh, seminarians in that direction. Well you're going to end up with a problem. You know, the same way if you were, you know, had, you know, you got into seminary and everyone was a, a perfectly, you know, a regular a heterosexual uh, candidate for the priesthood, but you showed porn flicks all the time. Well, that's not going to help anyone. Right. right. You know, so, so there's a whole lot of things that flow into it, and um, they haven't yet been uh, looked at clearly and uh, maybe even brutally enough saying, okay, wait, what is the difference between this kind of desire and a heterosexual desire? Why does it does it tend to end more frequently in promiscuity and so on? I have to ask those kinds of hard questions, which in society right now, you if you bring these kinds of questions up as somebody in psychology or sociology, you probably lose your job. Right. You probably lose your job. So it's a larger conspiracy in society and a society that is absolutely sex-saturated and is itself experiencing all the problems that go with that, the whole Me Too movement uh, and what's going on in Hollywood. You know, that's that's what Hollywood promoted for years. Why wouldn't it be a place where you would find women assaulted all the time? Exactly. Right. And and, and I'm not trying to uh, denigrate the women that have suffered and even the the men who suffered in the ha- in the hashtag Me Too movement in Hollywood because I'm sure that that was devastating and it was career limiting and it was it was all of those things emotionally damaging in the extreme. But Hollywood is not representing Jesus to the world. That's no, what we are or, supposed or to do. 
Yeah, yeah. rarely, exactly. But we, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying the capital C church, not just the Catholic church, but all of us are supposed to be modeling Jesus to the world. I mean, th- to say that this is egregious, that this is, that this is such an abhorrent uh, carrying out of, of the mission that God gave to us is not. It's just not enough to even say it that way. No, it's it seems it seems almost like apocalyptically bad. Yes. Except that when you study history, and this is the history of any of the churches, but I can you know as a Catholic, I can talk about the Catholic Church. You know, there were other times in history. You know, it's a two thousand year history when people looked at the state of the church, or the state of the the papacy, or the state of their diocese. And they saw this kind of thing. You know, I just wrote a book about the Reformation. One of the things I pointed out, I'm trying to deal evenly with both Catholics and Protestants, say, look, Catholics, you gotta, you got to look at the background. At the time of Luther, you know, a, a whole lot of priests had concubines. <laughs> you know, it wasn't any good. Right. You know, and they had children out of wedlock, and they paid a tax, you know, so they could keep these concubines, uh, you know, basically amounting to a sin tax. Uh, no pun intended, but there's, you know, you know, this isn't, the, it isn't sin that's newly invented. Uh, even, uh, even homosexuality isn't something that, you know, just, gosh, that just, just started to hit us. So, uh, it's, it's, that, that's not to say that it's not bad. It's to say that why did we let our guard down right. and we need to get yes. to the bottom of this because this is, it's, it's, it's absolutely appalling and it can't help but turn anyone away from the church no this is bad can't, i mean who's going to say oh gosh that's the church for me right let's you know, go worship together yeah right. let's go worship together and you can't do anything for any kind of you know a uh ecumenical uh gathering right. uh even though the other churches suffer from it because the catholic church is just too big and visible right so so then it, this does not bode well because if Cardinal McCarrick was given the reign of power and ascended up into the ethos of Pope John Paul II and forward from that, then will the, how can there ever be any self-reflection and within self-reflection correction to even begin to look at this problem? Well, I, I think, frankly, out of first of all, out of fear. I mean, and and that's why I said this is the you know this is the silver lining because. You know, look. This is just in Pennsylvania, and there's going to be 300 priests named. You know, this is this is not under the. You know, this isn't hidden in some report that's put away in a diocesan you know uh, filing cabinet somewhere. These will be. These will, I hope, be public, uh, and so you you can't just shuffle it off. And I'm afraid that that's the kind of painful, um, a painful uh, public. Um, I was outing that needs to happen. The same thing needs to happen in Hollywood. Same thing needs to happen, you know, at universities, uh, you know, in any, you know, and corporations, wherever there is this a problem of of sexual uh, malfeasance, it needs to be made known um, because we live in a time and place when the thought was, well, just let go of all the restrictions, and and, and nothing bad will happen. Right. Well, this is one of the things that happened. I mean, it breaks your heart because, uh, like I, you, you know many good it, men who oh, have given their lives to Christ and are serving the church, but of course, guilty by association. Yeah, and but you know, this is a frustrating thing. I'm, I'm, for, I'll, I'm betting. Okay, this is not. Uh, maybe I'll underbet. I'll say a good many of those priests knew stuff that was going on. 
and they either tried to make it known or they just sort of turned the other way because they they couldn't bring themselves to to challenge the the authority structure so directly and that's one of the things that has to be done away with uh not the authority structure but this you know the, this notion that the authority structure can hide these things and you're going to be penalized if you say anything that's true in the FBI today you know it's true as i said in in Hollywood it's true at universities where you you know where you're not allowed to say certain things right. so it's that phenomenon of we're going to silence you because of the structure that we have in place right. and, and not I, allow you and, to say anything. And we've all lived and worked in structures like that where we're, yeah. we're, we're afraid to say the right thing. I think most adults who've, who've worked in any, in any situation, any professional environment for a while have, have lived through that. But the thing that, that is so much more egregious about this is that those priests that stood by and didn't say anything, they have, they have told our culture and they have told the people who believe in Jesus and the people who have yet to believe in Jesus that they care more about their job and about their clerical structure than about children. That's what they're saying. That's what they've said for decades. Yeah, and, it, and it's, I think that it's, it's, it's the worst kind of hypocrisy and we will taste the effects of it because nothing makes people turn the other way toward atheism or against Christianity than hypocrisy among Christians. It's the absolute worst thing <laughs> that you can do because then every Christian is under suspicion. You know, nobody, you think, oh gosh, I thought that was a guy. He was so upstanding and he talked about Jesus all the time and the poor, and then you find out what went on in the background. Well, that means every every priest now is under suspicion, right. uh, and and that means that you know we, we can't trust this this whole structure. And that I know that happens in in Protestant churches as well. But again, it's such an identifiable structure in the Catholic Church, and nobody can get around this. It's got a very deep problem that has to be dealt with, and it's systematic and has to be systematically dealt with because of that. We need to step away for just a minute. Dr. Ben Weicker is with us from Franciscan University. We first found Dr. Weicker, his book, Ten Books That Screwed Up the World. He's got That's other, a good book. Sure is. It really is. And many other fine titles. Our conversation continues in just a minute. Are your credit cards out of control? Owe more than $10,000? Are you paying one card and delaying payment on another? Here's what's really happening here. Your credit card companies are shaking your hand while stabbing you in the back. They want you overextended. Even worse, they hope you think you have to pay it all back. Credit card companies have finally been exposed. There are steps you can take to become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $1 billion of debt. They're regulated by both federal and state agencies. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and have over 25,000 five-star reviews across accredited review sites. Do not take out a consolidation loan. Do not declare bankruptcy. Settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call now, 800-948-4144. 800-948-4144. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. 
I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-705-3030. That's 800-705-3030. 800-705-3030. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory. And we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. The Family Fun Expo and Back to School Celebration Saturday, August 18th presents one last time to have fun as a family before the craziness of school kicks in. From 11 to 4 p.m., bring your family to Princecape Arena, formerly South Point Isoplex, and enjoy tons of kids' activities, games, and prizes throughout the day, plus food, entertainment, exhibitors, and more. Visit wordfm.com for more details, family-friendly pricing, and to register. Sponsored by Word FM, Princecape Arena, and the Bible Chapel. I've just tuned in. We're having a rousing time. Oh, my God. Dr. Ben Weicker's with us. We're talking about the horrors of the Catholic sex abuse scandal. Dr. Weicker joins us from Franciscan University. So, Ben, you know, the abuse itself is a horror and is absolutely abhorrent. Um, if anyone's listening to the program and they think, well, what do Christians think? I can tell you that these three Christians think that that is absolutely abhorrent behavior. Um any sexual abuse of any person, especially a child. Um, the thing that perhaps is worse, if there, if we can possibly put a degree on it, is the cover-up of such a thing. And I just, I feel like if whoever, whichever one of us, whether we're Catholic or non-Catholic, whichever one of us is not willing to shine the brightest light we possibly can on this, is not worthy of the name of Jesus. I believe that strongly in it. Um, I, I was reading the article uh, in the week about Bishop Ronald Gaynor, the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg, and it says that he ordered that the names of all previous Harrisburg bishops from the past seven decades be removed from church buildings and rooms because they collectively failed to protect children from dozens of predator priests and other Catholic leaders. No other Catholic prelate has conducted such a blanket purge of his predecessor's legacies, the New York Times reports. At the same, excuse me, at the same time, Gaynor released the names of 71 clergy and seminarians who've been credibly accused of sexual misconduct involving children dating back to 1947, apologized on behalf of the diocese and himself, waived any confidentiality agreements abuse survivors may have signed in legal settlements with the diocese and released new guidelines for protecting children in the church. From my perspective, this is the kind of stuff we need. Well, and, but, but how about some more? Um, the seminaries have to be cleaned out um, because you know, if we just focus on children, the, the children thing is a horror. And, you know, when we talk about children, we're talking about going up through 17 and 18 years old. It's not just small children. I mean, it's, it's all across that spectrum. In fact, it gets worse, you know, uh, in, the, in the 11 to 17 or 18-year-old range. So 
you know, and, and after that, it's the seminary. So the whole thing has to be cleaned up. And we, we don't want it just to focus uh, on children because that's only part of the cesspool. Sure. So that whole, whole culture of, 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 of sexual malfeasance that we'd have to deal with. So then go into that a little deeper, Ben. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, not this would ever happen, what would you do? Well, in a perfect world, I wouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would John yeah, and I, yeah, just to clarify. Yeah. We'll shine too great of a light. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for being with us. down a little. Um, yeah, well, it's, we, in a perfect world, um, yeah, I mean, we all want to believe that our our priests, our fathers, our mothers, uh, our neighbors, you know, our, our coaches, uh, all are either saints in the making or at least, you know, stable and good. Um, so, you know, that's a, that would be the wonderful thing. Uh, the problem is that, uh, that's not always the case. And we can, because we're sinners, we can make it worse rather than better. And I think that that's the confusion. I mean, it's not like we've never had sinners in the church. All you have to do is read the New Testament. And St. Paul is railing from the very beginning about all the people that either need to shape up or ship out. So, so it's not like there's ever been a pristine right. church. There's always been problems with people in it from one kind or another. Right. But that doesn't mean you have to create a situation in which the bad aspects of humanity can get magnified and the good are punished. Uh, and so, you know, in, in, a, in a perfect world, of course, I mean, everyone would be punished for even the smallest sin, which would mean we'd all be in trouble um, but in a, you know, just in a, in a better world, we don't set up structures that, um, that punish those who are trying to do the right thing and promote those mm-hmm. who are doing the wrong thing. Right. Okay. So that, but you did say, you know, if you could, you'd go back and somehow alter the seminaries because that's where everything springs forth. What does that look like? Well, you, want, you certainly have to get a clear understanding of what's going on in regard to sexuality. Uh, we simply lost, uh, you know, we're so lost in our understanding of sexuality that we don't even believe there's a category male and female, or that you can make up your own as you go along, yeah. or there are 75 or 100 different genders. In that kind of a situation, culturally, um, we're, we're so lost it's hard to think about what being found might look like. But one of the things that needs to be found is is a is a is again a deep understanding of what a human being is, male and female, what sexuality is, what is its real goal. Because once you unleash it from its proper natural God-given goal, it goes everywhere, uh, and that's what's happened. So you have, for the last hundred, two hundred years, you've had a a bubbling up of the destruction of sexuality, and this is one of the most unpleasant, awful symptoms of it. And so one of the things that's got to happen in the seminary is a real attention to what a man and woman really are. Um, and one of the reasons that's doctrinally necessary is the the way that the Catholic Church is supposed to understand the Church relationship to Jesus is Jesus is the bridegroom, the Church is the bride. And the parallel structure of the priest in acting in persona Christi is acting like Christ to his parish, which is which is part of the bride of Christ. Well, that's a heterosexual connection. Just like it's really a heterosexual connection between Christ, the bridegroom, and the church as as a bride. It's it's not a uh, it's not a mere metaphor. 
Uh, and so when you destroy sexuality and you think that it doesn't matter where it's aimed, you destroy marriage, you destroy the proper form of the church, and you destroy the priesthood. And that's one of the things that's undermined uh, the uh, the seminary and strain. Another thing is, is this is going to sound wild here, so put me on your Alex Jones list. <laughs> um, oh, I'm great. already there, I guess. But, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, is uh, is uh, modern historical critical scholarship, which has just absolutely decimated any belief um, in uh, the Bible as the actual revelation of God. Yeah. And if you don't have that, kind of hard to go forward. Right. So there's more than one problem that needs to be fixed. There's a whole lot of intellectual confusions and distortions along with the moral distortions, along with the systematic structural distortion. So other than that, things are going well. <laughs> well, great. Thanks oh, for the weather <laughs> there, you know. <laughs> oh, so, and we're doing the opposite then. We're, we're running in the opposite direction into more insanity, right? I mean, it's... It's hard to know what more insanity would look like. I mean, once, once in a society you really have people believe that you can make up your gender or that with Anthony Kennedy in the Supreme Court you can define you have the right to define your own universe and concept of liberty and human existence you just given up any connection to truth yeah anywhere not not just in sexuality and if you don't have truth what you have is is now this you can quote me in this falsity <laughs> yeah so then, Ben, I mean, does the future of Christianity look like, you know, a Rod Dreher situation where everyone's doing their Benedict option, you know, in these small house churches and we're in these enclaves and we're hidden undercover? Uh, by the way, Dreher has a good article on this called Cardinal McCarrick, Everybody Knew. Yeah. Uh, it's, on the, it's on the American Conservative website. I just had to put that in. I don't get paid for that that announcement, by the way, but I just happened to read it today. <laughs> Thank you. Um I don't know. I mean, certainly, and I think uh, Pope Benedict said this, the Church is, is going to shrink before it can grow again. Um, and and that just that's what happens when things go bad. You know, they, they kind of collapse, and out of that, uh, out of that comes a, a reconstituting uh, sort of phoenix-like. And, and if you look back over the, tw- to, uh, you know, the 20th century of the Church, you see that again and again. Things go really bad, and you think it can't get worse, and then it does. Right. And then out of that comes Some course uh, a real form, reform by real holy people, and and that's what we need. It's what we need indeed. Hey, hey Ben, thanks an awful lot. We really yeah, enjoyed we the really, conversation. Yeah. Uh, very, really good thoughts. Thanks again. Okay, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Ben Weicker, uh, he is the author of many excellent works, highly recommended. Ben Weicker, W-I-K-E-R, from Franciscan University. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at idlewild.com. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. A more peaceful, healthy world happens one person at a time. 
Around the globe, there are children who dream of helping their families, who hope for the future, and who have a name. Know the person you're helping directly at unbound.org. So John had a, a self-imposed um, exile exile from the Pirates, mm-hmm. but him going on vacation, the Pirates winning 11 games in a row, sweeping five games from the Milwaukee Brewers, it, it rekindled the love that was always in his heart. Of course. And uh, now, so it's, never back, that far now it's back full, for, full force. So last night you and I went to the game. We did. We did. And um, It was a horrible game. It was an horrible. A, it was an atrocious game. Horrible. Really bad. Because the night before, you and Eric went. Right. I, w- I went the night before with my husband. And you were and, like, man, this and I was like, And it excited. was such a, it was a great game. There were so many great moments. Yeah. It, was, it had a lot of drama. Awesome. It had a lot of tension. It had a lot of great high points. This. I couldn't wait to go back last night. I thought, yeah, I love this. I think the end of the first inning, we were losing, was it 4 Four nothing? nothing. Four nothing. Four nothing. And we had watched our pitcher get an error. Hor- they could not. It was like the bad news bears. It was. It was. It's an embarrassment. When he threw that ball over Freeze's head to third base and it went out of the left field, I thought, what is happening? What's going on there? What is happening? But then we said to each other, nine innings is a long long game. And this is the first inning, so there's lots of time to bounce back. And there wasn't a glimmer of bounce back. No. Not a glimmer. Nothing. So we're going to scrap that and pretend like it didn't happen. because And we have a day off tonight. Uh, Tomorrow. Not you and I, but the Pirates. Pirates. Uh, tomorrow night we. is a big night because uh, Archer makes his debut here in Pittsburgh. Well, I love and it. if he plays anything like he talks or tweets, he's going to be a star. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's always a swag day. It's free shirt Friday, so I'm, you know, I want to get a t-shirt. See, I don't, like, I don't care I don't about either. a free suit. I don't, I don't care about it. Anyway, have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.